Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. All right, we're back for Lowell's two special guests joining us today. It's Steve Buzzard from Stochastic and Petty Theft swinging by once again. We're going to talk about DFS, sports betting, all that good stuff. Plus, Brian has received his Onyx watch. We're about to see the bling up close and personal all today on Lowell's. Let's do it. I, does he think? I think he thinks, this, he thinks this is a go. Vegas Dave thinks this is a go. Hot naked girls doing yoga. What? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. Type in one for yes, two for no, and let the DFS guys pick for you. And I'm absolutely begging you not to do bus. Please. Please don't do bus. All right, you guys know petty theft, but Steve, I believe this is your first time on Lulz, which seems hard to believe, but is that correct? Yeah, yep, yep, first time. So really looking forward to it. Been following you guys for quite some time. I know the three of us kind of hung out quite a few times during uh, when all the sports were shut down. So that was was good. And yeah, but good good to actually get on one of these shows and, and hang out and chat. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, people will obviously recognize you from your DFS username, DeColt, but your official title at Stochastic, you're the chief financial officer, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So does that so, mean like... You review Osimo's expenses on like the company card and make sure he's not up to any freaky shit. Yeah, and always is. I mean, every time, <laughs> give me those receipts. Come on, what's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, keep keeping track of all the finances, um, and which you know that's not super exciting, but also uh, doing things like what type of promotions we should run, and then also spending a lot of time on just working with data models and um, things like that, you know, are some of the new sports betting stuff that we have working and updating our projections, all that stuff. So it's kind of, I'm kind of split half my time with finance stuff and half my time on um, data and projections and those types of things. Steve, uh, just so you know, the Admiral is a strip club here in Chicago. Okay. So it's not a steakhouse or whatever. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I was wondering why that one kept showing up. Okay. Got it. <laughs> uh, Petty, what's new with you? It's been a couple months since we've had you on uh, the program. I, I assume you're in the, uh, in the throes of NBA DFS season. Oh, I am a million maker Super Bowl winner split. About a million ways, I think it was, but uh, I am a million winner, so that's why I was able to come back again. Wow! How? What was the chop up top this year? Uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Wasn't fifty four k? I don't think it was that much. I, I, I don't know. It, was, it, it was. wasn't a million. That's that's all I know. <laughs> wow! So you didn't you didn't beg your competitors not to dupe you? That's what happened. 
I know. I, I'm, I'm more friendly these days. I'm pro-duping now. <laughs> that, it is a popular stance these days. Pro that dupe. Super Bowl was impossible not to dupe. Like, yeah. I, I, was, I was enlightened by the RPS guys because, you know, the whole thing about showdowns, like, don't dupe, try to win by yourself. But it wasn't working for me. So now I just dupe with everybody and I win. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I think the actual optimal lineup no one used though, right? So, so actually, you could have won not duping if you really wanted to. Uh, I won't hear this uh, run <laughs> run pure fud uh, on this show. What was it, what was the actual optimal lineup? Now, now I'm curious. Who did it did it have? Burks the captain. Yeah, I don't I don't recall offhand, but it, um, it was one that was a little bit. It, it had Pascal, even though he only had. I know, I know. Mark Lovin won the other Millie with a with a donut. Um, I can't remember his lineup though, but I know he had a donut. Okay, yeah, I can pull up the uh, the big one here. I mean, I, I love how petty just you know ho hum forty thousand dollars. That's just yeah, it doesn't even that? move the Drop needle the for you. Bucket. Oh, I mean, seriously, he's having a great NBA season. But uh, no, you know, someone else we should we should mention that we've we don't give a lot of uh, pub to on this show is uh, Raging Philip, and uh, I'm not talking about a cartoon boner. Uh, the the DFS player is having a monster year. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I'm sure you have. He's been around for a while. Yeah, I know, but he's been he's been crushing it this year, uh, or at least lately. I mean, he I think he wins every year, but well, not he's saying. Been good. That, that means Maz is doing good too, then. Oh yeah. His, his the, the, it, I always forget who's like team. Who's the teams? Yeah, he's the one that got caught colluding in the golf. I think back in the day, those two. Um, I thought that was. Wasn't that an ex poker player guy? There's multiple teams, but I think those are. That's one of them. Okay, so it's the Mazwa and and Raging, Raging Phillip. Phillip, and then and, I think Kobe from MVP and Chetta Bisker, another team. Okay. Yeah. And they work together. But they play in the same tournament still though, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean obviously they've been drafting doesn't think there's anything wrong, so they're they're good to go. I need you to do like a whiteboard draft or a yeah. whiteboard where you're kind of like you got a the tree. circles and you're connected, all the, these guys work together and all Ugh. this. Just I click a button and my back wall turns into a board of all the, the combos of teams. <laughs> <laughs> do they play the high stakes together too? Let me look at yesterday. It's- I think they do. Yeah, I'll check. Uh, Steve, what what have you been playing uh, these days? Yeah, mostly um, NBA. I mean, that takes up so much of my time. So that's been kind of the main thing that I'm doing. Um, MMA, I kind of stayed out of those streets for a little bit with the uh, late swap. So I didn't Mm -hmm. didn't want to kind of take the time to worry about it. My thought was, one, I didn't want to figure out the time. Two... NFL and NBA were both going on. So that was a, another good reason for me not to worry about it as much. And then three, I just figured they might have a chance of reversing it like they did. And that would really just annoy me if I spent time thinking about it and then they reversed it. So I did the same thing, except I played through it like a man. <laughs> <laughs> Much more courageous. So yesterday, the you could enter 37 times into the 888 and – there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen maxers, and they were two of them. And then Cody for MVP and Chetabisk are also two. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you won yesterday, you son of a bitch. <laughs> well, 
almost took it down. I, I had two pretty big sweats at the end. They both died out. You're winning so much lately. Now I go to the top of the boards. I'm like, just please don't be petty, Thad. Please don't be lately. I'm kidding, anyway. I've been losing. Uh, who won yesterday? Some random name. Mick, yeah, one single bullet. Not a good day to max for the old Brick 75. Uh, <laughs> it feels like for me, it's like every time they have these gigantic contests, those are the slates that don't go so well. So Yeah. You get, I mean, you know, I mean, unless you're petty theft and raging Philip, you gotta kind of run good when you're when you have a good night uh, to have a decent season. Well, last night was pretty tainted anyway because Sexton died like three minutes in the game, and all the other guys became mega. So, yeah, and I lowered my Horton exposure too. I just can't play that fucking guy to what it tells me to. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, wow, Brian, you're you're overriding your inner machinery with some. I know <laughs> it's because it's because I don't have my late swap stuff set up, which should be set up shortly. But uh, so I kind of have to do like a little bit because it's not. I need I don't I need the machine to tell me, and an optimizer can't tell you the an, the answers. So, Brian, you what know we're at the All Star break, right? That machine should have been done months ago. Yeah. Well. <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you What are you drinking? Is that some fancy ass water in a cardboard box? I want to get a, these guys as a sponsor. BioSteel. Have you, had, have you had that? Anyone had this? Is this, this something is my least you picked favorite. up on a Joe Rogan podcast when you've been watching his three hour marathon? Uh, Huberman? No, I'm kidding. I'm not Davis Maddock. All right. Uh, it, and the only ingredients are water, electrolytes, and uh, stevia, and it's and it's fucking good. Wow. You, you're a new man over here. You're not getting your late swap set up. Your IK being your NBA plays and drinking fucking, I don't know, Instagram water. I mean, who are you? <laughs> it's that watch. It, it's just changing you. I got yeah, let's see the watch. I got sick of the, uh, what are the, what is the other popular Stevia one that everyone drinks? Um, fucking hey, someone, someone on channel now. I got so what so we should talk about what everyone else got too because I know Steve got something I would never have picked. Uh, so I know for double coastal elites like Pete who throws away Rolexes like nothing. Uh, the Cartiers are probably not what he's looking for, but yeah, it comes this box is nicer than half the shit I own. <laughs> is this the official unboxing, or have you already opened this? No, yeah. yeah. Basically official. Let's see. I don't know. This camera's not very good. I should get a new camera. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice though. I can't tell what <laughs> side's up and what side's down. But <laughs> do you know Roman numerals? Or are you gonna have to study up on that? I'm gonna. Yeah. No, I know the one and two and three, but after that, it gets tricky. Yeah. You just have to what learn them every say? year what? when the Super Bowl comes out. That, that it's a nice watch. There you go. What did you say it retails at? Like 14k. Uh, fifteen four, fifteen four. Oh, and it seems uh, of your options, uh, wear it, uh, put it in cold storage and see if it appreciates in value, or are you gonna head right down to the pawn shop and flip it? What 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 are we looking? Put it, at? put it with my Bitcoin. Um, I don't know. I just got it like fifteen minutes before the show, so. Wow, impressive. Uh, yeah, perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, Marco says that Steve looks like someone who took the truffle hunting <laughs> package. I think that's a compliment, Steve. I hope so. I don't know. I, I was thinking about the truffle hunting. I, 
I don't know about the truffle hunting itself. I never knew there was such a thing, but I mean, a trip to Italy, that sounds pretty, pretty tempting to me. So have you not taken that yet? <laughs> I did what did you get? That, I, I did the uh, Super Bowl event. Um, I mean, I think that's just like one of those things that I'm not, I haven't been lucky enough to uh, go there. I, I don't know, Petty, you probably went there when uh, uh, you won the, the other thing, right? You already went to one. So yeah, um, it's just like one of those things that you can do one time and I would never spend the money to do it. And yeah, why not? And my, my wife was pretty excited about it as well. So that's a win-win. And yeah, I think that's, that's what we're What What, what was for. that one again, specifically? The Super Bowl. Is it, did you, is it for going to a future Super Bowl? Yeah, it's the upcoming next year Super Bowl in, um in vegas so it's they they don't have a lot of the details so far it's just like lower level seats and i think that's about it that they've given us information on so far but it's a weekend in vegas and lower level seats and they'll give us more info as it gets closer i guess sounds like a good time um hopefully it's someone good like like this year like if it was was it the year before it was like bengals and uh rams rams yeah like it's that game uh, not not as exciting but like this one is a pretty interesting one uh we got shady in the chat that said he went with italy plus one credit of wine uh no shame in that i, I like how he's saying no shame to his own decision i, I would hope so that you didn't have any shame <laughs> and i went with the uh 10 prostitutes at the same time no shame in that, though, right? <laughs> that. the lady doth protest too much uh Penny, that's, that's did, the trouble hunting use? one, right? So, yeah, is that trouble hunting so. with Italy? I think it's got to be, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I like it for Italy, not truffle hunting. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are we are we not are yeah. we settling down on the truffle hunting? Yeah. Oh, All right, right, Petty, you said you got the motorbike, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I still haven't chosen yet. I still oh, okay. chosen. I, I had one buddy who I told him I wasn't sure what to do. He's like, Yeah, just throw me one of the credits because he only has one. Let's go truffle hunting together. I'm like, no, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's the play. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty, it, that's like the online equivalent of when you try to put your arm around them at the movie theater. He's like, hey, why don't you and I just go truffle hunting together? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just let me a credit. It would be great. Oh, man. Truffle I, I, hunting I, with your bro. That sounds, yeah. Well, the, the wives would come too, but yeah, it's uh, nah. it's not something I thought I'd ever do. I don't think I ever will. Um, uh, well, I feel like DraftKings needs to film like a goat esque series you know whistles awesome and uh and big t but for whoever picks the truffle hunting package like petty and you and your buddy frolicking around italy i would watch that short documentary it'd be very short (laughs) (laughs) very short i can't oh she's almost just died here uh yeah i i never it's not me um Let's see here. Uh, JBL wants to know, do you know anybody that got the bike? I mean, we put out the call that if you get the bike, you get to come on Lulz. Uh, you have to show off the bike. I haven't heard of anyone. Have you guys? Uh, I can see RBX taking that offer. Yeah. I wonder if he, he hit it, though, because he retired, but he's still not retired. So maybe he did. He seems very active to me. <clears throat> yeah. He's active on Twitter lately, too. Yeah. Yeah. I know he used to be an Instagram only guy and now he's up in, he, he's a, uh, he's like one of DFS best Twitter trolls uh, these days. I feel like. Yeah. He's the, he's the new anti-tout guy. Kinda. No. Yeah. Uh, we do have a giveaway 
today, believe it or not. Someone just mentioned. Not just for Twitch, but... Well, yes, yes, set this up, Ryan. What do we got? Well, uh, Steve uh, is gracious enough to do a giveaway for their like new bet app, I believe. Yeah, t- tell us about this, Steve. What do you guys got cooking up? Yeah, so over at Stochastic, we have we, we've been really diving into the sports betting space a lot more uh, recently, and we've been seeing pretty good results for it. So we have a couple of new products uh, specific. The one is our uh, Bet Pro, which essentially is allows us to use our DFS projections and pit them against any of the props that uh, each of the different sports books offer. And then we also have a oh another one that's in our Odd Shopper Premium package, which is a more of a market-based approach where we uh, take a historical look at which sports books have done well in different areas and kind of pit those sports books against each other so that you can kind of get what the is thought of to be the best market line and uh, compare that to each of the different books. And that will give you uh, bets that you think can you know be profitable in those situations as well. So those are uh, the, the two major ones that we have, both of them we've back tested quite a bit here recently. Um, they're both performing quite well. Um, so yeah, I think people can can find a good way to, to make some money on them. What it as, as someone who plays a lot of DFS, but it sounds like more kind of like on the business side and the tools you guys are building are, are focusing on sports betting and everyone understands why, like, how are you thinking about that dynamic? Because it's been talked about a bunch. It seems still like a lot of hardcore DFS players, their imagination just isn't captured by sports betting. Like, where do you fall on that spectrum as far as like DFS or sports betting's the future and DFS is too complicated for the casuals? Like, what, what's your take on that? Um, I think that's a good question. I, in general, I think I'm getting more excited about uh, um, sports betting than I was maybe a year or so ago. The, I think there's a lot of promise and a lot of good results that we've been seeing in our uh, Bet Pro. It's given me a better chance to understand like how to how to do well on it um, in sports betting, and plus being able to talk with uh, Sean Zahn and Alex and uh, Lee and some of the other guys on our team to strategize and have a good way to attack this has been pretty beneficial to me and has uh, it's kind of opened my eyes to, to sports bet a little bit more. And there's just like, you know, the thing I like about DFS is you have that opportunity to have those big hits where you can win $40,000 on the Super Bowl or, you know, whatever. There. I don't think there at first I didn't really think of as many ways to do that without just like crazy parlays, but there are enough ways that you can um, have some pretty good hits that are also a little bit more consistent than maybe DFS as well. So I think that might appeal to a lot of people. Petty, have you ever placed a single game parlay? No, I actually have not, believe it or not. I used to bet a lot when I was playing poker um, in the old two plus two forms, but I don't sports bet much at all anymore. Yeah, I used to bet a lot when I played poker too. <laughs> pretty dumb, actually. I was terrible. I, I was lost awful. In big free betting, which is actually pretty impressive. That, I went, oh wow, that's that's even worse than me. But yeah, now I just got smoked. 
Uh, but I imagine, Petty, with how in the weeds you are with NBA DFS and understanding the rotations and stuff, you gotta be able to see prop lines and, and see stuff that feels mispriced to you, right? Sure. So I, I've looked at lines and I, I briefly bet some sports not long ago, and I did pretty good, but um, it's just hard to get down money on prop lines, and it's just that's a, a headache. So I'd rather just do DFS right now. You might get limited, shit like that. The, um, but I think you could definitely make some money still right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think the thing that we've seen with a lot of, a lot of folks is they, you could definitely get limited pretty quickly, but limited means something different to a lot of people. So if, you know, we're getting limited to hundred dollars per bet, that's not very attractive, but to the majority of our customers, hundred dollars per bet is still pretty attractive to them. Like that's how much they want to bet anyways. So, so there are a lot of um, ways that, you know, that maybe you can't, take yourself to be like the next uh, huge upside player like Yoda Cow and live winning every millions of dollars every every week, it seems, right? But you can still make a pretty good uh, amount of profit if you are kind of patient with it and, and do well. So I want to um, say even last year before the SGPs like really blew up everywhere, I remember seeing Alex like fire at those. He was like one of the first guys I remember posting screenshots. I was like, is he just blasting off for fun? Clearly there was a method to his madness, but do you think there can be both content and like strategic elements around single game parlays? I guess I have yet to see anyone like do content around it and be like, you can get your money in good this way from an EV standpoint. Yeah, it's really hard from a content standpoint on the single game parlays because they don't make them very user friendly where you kind of have to like enter in all of them before they give you the odds. Like you can't just scrape those down like you can just normal odds and create like easy yeah. tools off of them or something like that. So so it's kind of difficult on a um, content uh, standpoint, but and then like they're changing them too all the time. So so I think it is going to be a challenge for them to make co- content on that, and that's especially hard because they, they want to promote it a lot. So they, I, it feels like if one of the sites makes it a little bit more clear for how to make content, then that site could probably get a pretty big boost from all the people that want to make content around it. I mean, we want to. I'm sure a lot of other places do as well. Those single game parlays. There's a reason they're promoting them so much, and they're yeah. giving away free bets and all our emails and shit. Because they're huge soccer bets, and the the vig on them overrides any correlation, standard correlation you you think you know about. <clears throat> There's probably some like little ones you can you can do there who that people don't know about yet. But um, the single game parlays, and uh, I think they're annoying as hell because you have to like go to a separate page and stuff. It's yep. so, like I never even bother going over there for for single game parlays. Um, who's so who is on your the who is the team that's doing the sports betting projections you sean lee who's lee uh b calicor from the oh, b calicor okay uh streets and then okay. alex and he's working on too yep okay and who's who's doing your nba nba minutes right now um so we have uh so we have like a rotation amongst all the four of us as well as rich green as well um they're they're doing those and i mean all all of our so all of our projections for bet pro are are coming from our dfs projections directly so you know for from we we take our dfs projections and then we apply our range of outcomes and simulations and determine what our expected win rates are we actually take 
uh, our expected win rates and expected ROIs and transform them into a way that says how much you should bet on uh, each one as well. We, we noticed as we did some back testing, um, you know, that we would want to make sure that we, we can't, uh, kind of like the same approach that Kelly Criterion does, but in a little bit uh, softer manner that, you know, if it's a bet that is a heavy favorite, you should bet, you can bet more of it than a bet that's a long shot, even if the EV is different and, you know, those type of things that so we can make sure that people are betting the right bets instead of just necessarily taking a lot of long shot bets that are, are plus EV. But yeah, it's the uh, five of us that are primarily working on it and, um, and it, it's using our, and I, and I guess I should say, and then on the flip side, on the odd shopper side, I was saying that that's kind of a little bit more market-based. So it's the five of us there trying to figure out which books are the smartest and how to best combine their lines in order to make kind of a market line uh, for that product. And the, the reason why we have two different ones is just we can scale the market-based one a lot quicker, right? So we can be a lot more effective on lines that are uh, like NBA game lines, for instance, or, um, uh, you know, potentially down the line, we could be doing like table tennis lines and stuff, stuff like that, that we wouldn't really have the time to be able to make uh, models for specifically. Do you have a feel for like the users who are starting to dabble with your sports betting tools? Are these new users that are coming in specifically for sports betting or is it onboarding your current DFS subs who are now interested in dabbling? Yeah, I think it's a lot of both. Um, so we, we've seen quite a few people that are completely new subscribers and we've seen a, a fair amount of people that are coming over from uh, the DFS side as well. So uh, certainly like, there, there's some risk, right? Is the more people you take from the DFS side, then that puts the DFS uh, product at, at risk for not necessarily for us, but like there's the ecosystem in, in total. Uh, to your point on earlier on how we feel about about those, um, so I think there is some risk on that. But we've we've seen a lot of new people completely. Uh, we have you know content specifically for sports betting. And I think that probably helps bring in some of those people. But I mean, the overlap of people is kind of interesting, like in general, right? People that play DFS, you know, maybe not at the same extent that um, that we play it at are, are pretty interested in sports betting as well, because the overlap is, is pretty similar to them. They just want a way to win some money and have entertainment. Um, so I, I mentioned in, in our chat here, Pete, this this Twitter guy, I don't know if you guys yeah, want to pull this up. It's semi-related. We could we could still if if Steve has more thoughts, we we could say. But this is kind of, this kind of guy. I want to get your take on uh, Pat. Obviously, says he's seen this guy. He kind of talks like our guy, Cash Out King. <laughs> he, he seems to have a slightly better resume. If this is true, <laughs> than Cash Out King. <laughs> yeah. He runs a website, Odds Jam, which is like Odds Shopper, basically, and Osmos. Um, I believe I haven't gone there in, in a while, so I don't know what it does now. Some of these, yeah, they're a little promo-y here, but he does like who wants who wants the winner today and shit like that. But um, I guess I'll give my take first. But it, it seems like some of the information he's giving out, at least just from glancing at it, is actually – pretty good like so like he'll give out these prize picks uh combos and they're just based on the lines right because like the prize picks won't have the vig and the the line moves and so you could just add up the 
you know, the, the, the lines that are off and go, these six are off if the market's right, which is a good strategy, right? So, um, yeah, some differences. Obviously, the cash out king probably makes way more money than this guy. I'm not going to go that far, but uh, I don't know. I just think, like, I didn't know this, notice this guy till like a month ago, and now I see his shit all over the place. And I can't be the only one. Does anyone have any thoughts on this guy? This is the first time I'm seeing of him. So, Patty, you said you've seen him on your on your feed? Yeah, he shows up a lot. And kind of what Brian said, he has a lot of clickbait, like more than like, oh, lose your job, join me, like stuff like that. It's just like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But it does seem to have a lot of good information, uh, like line shopping, you know, stuff that the average Joe probably doesn't do as much as they should do. Um, he's very much like, look at all the lines, try to find the, the line that's off on the one random site and, and attack it. Interesting. And yeah. what, how is he ending up in everyone's feed? Is he going viral with some of these posts? He's playing the cash out King playbook. I, I, however, what made him go viral? I guess the big wins. Well, I would say this is probably a more sustainable thing than because the other meta, right, in sports betting is this, what, the $100 to $100,000 challenge, and then, like, these guys will go on a heater, and then they'll bomb out, and then their mentions are disastrous, and they have to suspend their account. Like, this seems at least a little better than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 mean, I mean, if anyone in chat has any thoughts, I'm interested. Because, I mean, I'm not paying that close of attention, so maybe he's dropping some, like, you know, you got to bet the Chiefs like five minutes before kickoff. Like this is guaranteed where, you know, the line, clearly all the value is gone. Uh, so maybe maybe he is doing some shady shit and I haven't seen it. But uh, he just seems to use the clickbait cash out king tactics to get followers for, you know, solid advice. Uh, simple, solid advice, line shopping. Yeah, yeah, I think definitely uses a lot of clickbait. I agree. Um I, I, the the approach that he is using, he, I mean, those are real bets, I think. I mean, that's what it, it looks like. So I think that's a pretty good, attractive thing for for folks. It the the approach that he uses is very similar to our, um, from what I've read, is like it's very similar to our approach at that I'm talking about on our odd shopper premium, where he's just take kind of taking what lines are off versus the market and how you can kind of take advantage of those. And I think it is a very good strategy um, over, over a long period of bets. Our our process that we've done and kind of our backtesting, which is you know certainly not something that is necessarily guaranteed to continue to uh, happen in the future, but it shows about a four uh, percent ROI over. I don't know how many we like. It depends on like which which one we backtested, but it's over tens of thousands of bets over our back testing. So, I mean, I think it certainly is a good profitable way to make, you know, a small amount of money. 4% every day is pretty good too, actually. Sure. Do you guys, what do you guys think of just this entire trend of people so thirsty for picks? Because I always wrestle with it where it, there's something more to it than just like, oh, I want to get it in good in the way that people tail a DFS tout, right? Where you're like, you did your research, I think uh, you made a smart decision. I want to tell you on that. With betting, it's almost like people literally just want ideas for betting and that there's so much shit you could bet that someone just telling you, this is a bet I'm making that you could make. Like, it seems it's so simplistic for what people want from sports betting content, even relative to DFS. Yeah. I, I, go ahead. Go I was going to say, when I was young and didn't know big betting, I used to buy picks off of websites. And... <laughs> 
just the idea, like they'll throw numbers at you, like, oh, we've won eight of the last nine, we're on fire, we have the super five-star bet, whatever. I mean, when I was young and naive, it sounded great to me. Wonderful. And I, I can't even tell you how much money I, I spent on those bets I lost on no big free, but uh, uh, it's just it, the clickbait gets to you. You know what I mean? You don't want to miss out on something that, you know, people are buying that is obviously not the case. I think it's what it comes down to. What was it? Was it who did you use? Bob's? Who'd you use? Uh, Vegas Insider. Vegas Insider. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I remember that name. Yeah. So they give you your money back if you lost. So I got my refund a lot. I remember back then, but obviously I was getting my ass kicked. I was praying so hard when you said Vegas that the next word out of your mouth was going to be Dave. I really. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I'm a little smarter than that. <laughs> Ten years ago, me probably would have bought from Vegas Dave. The, the, uh, oh, go ahead. The the uh, uh, I, I lost my train of thought. You you go first, Pete. Well, I was going to say, Steve, how do you think, because I know another dynamic when you're doing content around sports betting and giving out these lines and stuff, especially even for this guy, right, who's giving out, his whole thing is line shopping, and we know lines can move. And if you have a post go viral or whatever, and everyone's hammering it, like that line's going to move. And what was good a good bet is no longer a good bet. And I know sites like ETR have had issues with that, where they give out a play. So many of their subs hammer it, the line moves, people are upset. Like, how do you think about you know, keeping your sub base tight enough that people can take advantage of the edges you're finding while also still growing the business to get as many subs as possible. Yeah. And I think that's a, it's a really tough one. I'm thinking for this guy's tweets, I have no idea. I should, I should actually check a couple of them and like see how quickly the lines change or if they do change off of them. I, I know you can, um, I'm guessing you could get them in probably at least for a little bit, but it's going to be limited. We tried doing some specific pick packages and started running into that same problem. The thing that we do right now is we have basically all of our lines are posted all, all of the time. So um, we're you're able to, you already know what our DFS projections are. You know what our, um, what, what we're going to show as a plus EV bet. And certainly, so that's not going to, so that kind of a little bit keeps people from all, everybody rushing all at once to, to get to it just because they're all posted all the time. And certainly we've seen over the day, pretty much nonstop, the lines do move towards our lines, whether that's them moving it towards them because they just think they're the better lines is, you know, questionable, or maybe they just are, they're just better lines and that's the way they end up going. But uh, there is still like always pretty much some type of bet that is available to people just because we are making so many available instead of just, hey, at 2.30, we're going to post what I think our best line is and everyone better be in Discord to get that that pick and then everyone hurry up and try to see if you can uh, get it in good or not. So I think that's it's, the way we've thought about it. seems the right way. It seems the right way to do it because as long as it's live updating, Pete, it's like, okay, I go to the site and it says negative now. If I would have went yeah. there two hours ago, it might have been positive. So it's like you're not – as opposed to if you give out a pick and then the guy sees it two hours later, he just goes right to the Chiefs and bets them, you know, and as opposed to going to the page and you see it's live negative now, not you know, not recommended or something like that. So, yeah, that, that is kind of a different different approach than giving out the, the little, the little time-based picks, like right angle sports started all that stuff. It's kind of fun. For me, Pete, like um, – I think a lot of people think it's ju just entertainment. Uh, I'm assuming maybe even young, young, young Patty uh, thought the same thing. Like, I just want to get a bet in uh, and have some fun. And I don't, I don't want to pick it. And like, you know, maybe this guy's right. Or 
who cares? Like, I'm just looking for some some like parlay to, to sweat this game. Okay, this guy on Twitter's got it, but you know, like, or or even bet the opposite of him. You know, like, but. Yeah, and to my point, it's just saying that even like I have my college buddies who hit me up for underdog pick'em slips all the time, and they literally do. I always tell them like, "Oh, I want to update my prop sheet. I want to look around. I want to find you guys a good one." And they don't even care. They literally right. just want yeah. me to send them a slip that yeah. they can sweat. And that's why I was going back to that thing. Even with this guy, he's shopping around, trying to give good information. But at the end of the day, I think people just want like an idea presented to them that someone else thought of, and like the baseline that that has to clear as far as being a sharp bet is just so, so low. I, I, I really don't like the thought process. We talked about on the show a bunch of times for protecting the like less than 0.5% of the population of idiots. Who's just like, thinks Vegas Dave is giving going to make them rich. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's mainly, it's an entertainment product and we're just a cog in the entertainment system one way or another. You, you don't enjoy every movie you go to every meal you have. And so, like, sure, there is a small percentage of the population that gets addicted, but that's in, like, every sector, shopping, shoplifting, eating, drinking, smoking, et cetera. So, like, if you can give out some EV and people are willing to give over, you know, volunteer their money for it, I really think arguing over this this this, this small stuff is – or, like – really concerning ourselves to small, the small stuff is like, like just arguing from your enemy's perspective and people who just hate fucking gambling anyways and want to outlaw it and all that type of shit. And like just capitulating to them, like where we should say it's entertainment product. Go, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, and I'm going to sell and I'm, and I'm going to sell picks or whatever. Um, you know, you know, the, now that doesn't mean like guys who are clearly trying to take advantage of those small percentage of the population shouldn't be shamed or whatever, or blocked or whatever you want to do. So not, not like saying Vegas Dave is, is uh, blameless here, but it's such a small percentage of the population. That's like, dude, like even if like you give out a pick that's plus, you know, plus EV at the time you get it two hours later, you're like, Ah, fuck it. I know it's not plus EV anymore because the lines moved to full point, but I still want to be on the bet on the Chiefs because everyone else is betting on the Chiefs. Like it's entertainment. Ryan Nelson says some people are addicted to naked yoga, but it's a small portion of the population. Yeah, Sign thanks correct. for the uh, the <laughs> SEO boost right there. We appreciate that. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, is there anything petty that would pull you back into uh, sports betting? I mean, I'm sure there's some edges you could find if you devoted more time to it, right? Uh, it would take, I mean, DFS would have to go down pretty rapidly. California would need to legalize it. And then <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think it just takes a lot of work to be really, really good at sports betting. Cause you need, not only do you need to be able to win, you need to be able to find a bunch of accounts and it's a lot more administrative stuff than I really want to do. It's grindy. It's really grindy. Yeah. It is. It's a lot of sales. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like just the management side yeah. of it. Like even if, even if you didn't get banned, it's still like grindy to pull it all off. And then like, that's assuming you can code on your own, uh, not, you know, well enough to, to like hit those lines fast, hit your multiple, whatever, however many legal books you can get or offshores, I guess, if you're going to make it your, your living. So like, I don't know. It's, that's kind of like the, like a young man, early gamblers, uh, profession in my book, somebody who's willing to, to go to every casino to count cards for a 2% edge or some shit, you know? 
Do you know what else I hear though is notoriously grindy? NBA DFS. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. That's fair. There's uh, not much we could do about that though <laughs> at this point. But they can't limit you in NBA DFS yet. Yeah, I know you've, you've been saying it for a while, Brian. Don't do that. I'm just saying it's a possibility. Don't I'm, do I'm, that. I'm not gonna win. Not gonna win. <laughs> let's let's talk some DFS. You guys got any hot takes for us? Besides just taking my money, are you at least going to contribute back to the community here somehow? I'm happy there's a break. I, I'm burnt out. Doing this every really? day for a handful of months in a row is just it's too much. It's too Do you much. not feel is – it, is it because you are like – I'm not saying addicted to DFS, but addicted to the grind and the rhythm of it that you don't feel like, hey, I can take a couple nights off, that it will actually impact your future play, or why can't you program in some more breaks for yourself 100 i'm really about rhythm and i look at you know the rotations whatever they change so quickly i don't want to miss one day and, and feel like I, I lose because of that so i hate taking days off even though it would be better to get some more balance i, I didn't do a very good job this year yeah yeah i think what I about think you the, steve yeah i think kind of the same for me um i have done a little bit better i would say on taking days off this year than in the past but Still, still not probably as many as I should. Um, it is tough if you take a couple of days off, you just kind of lose what's going on, or maybe this, you know, this player is now starting, and or maybe they didn't get as many minutes in the second half last game as you expected, and like those type of things are things that you just kind of get out of the loop on pretty quickly. So yeah, I think. I think that is a is a fair point. I think I think it's the le- it's still the least stressful gambling professional gambling that i've ever done compared to all the other ones not not bankroll wise bankroll wise is the swingiest for sure that i've ever done peel pillow and steroids like uh gpp dfs but like the actual grindiness of it it's not the same like when when petty theft stacks me when i have aces and he and he and, he, and he's bluffing with three eight uh suited uh pre-flop like like i'm assuming he probably would have begged now um and i get you know and then he takes like two buy-ins off me or something like that would like physically hurt me a little bit back then you know that doesn't happen in dfs and i don't have the same animosity towards my opponents as i did in dia in, in poker um and like 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 ap guys like going to the casinos and stuff although i only did that for like a year maybe two you know, you're getting in your car, you're going to casinos, you have to deal with like the managers bugging you and shit like that, right? There's a lot of fucking lame ass shit with that type of gambling. Uh, that's probably like the bottom of the barrel. And like we were just talking about sports betting, it's grindy as hell. It's assuming you're not getting limited and you learned how to win, which is hard enough. So I think we got it easy. So playing every day, fuck, man. Like it's better than working construction. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you yeah you have to work that every day too. In in poker, I mean, you're you're like paying attention nonstop for those eight hours that right. you're there or whatever, right? You, I mean, you can kind of take a hand or two off, but like that you don't have that for um, for DFS where you're having to be a hundred percent thinking all the time. I mean, you have to do some updates and stuff like that, but you can kind of do them at your leisure. And yeah, stuff, and you so. you see your money go away in real time too, like. It's, it's harder petty if you could snap your fingers right now and have late swap for nba dfs go away would you snap that finger or is late swap a big part of your edge 
I think it's a part of my edge, but I think it's a much smaller portion of my edge compared to most of the red, red uh, regulars. I think I would, I'd be okay if they're gone. I think, yeah, do, I would. Do you do you have a um, outside process, or do you use an optimizer for your light swap process? Uh, I use an optimizer. I use Fantasy use Cruncher. Fantasy Cruncher right? I'm very basic in coding. Yeah. I'm, I'm not well, you can pay somebody, and you can always improve. And now with uh, Chat GPT, you can get shit code. Well, that, uh, that won't work. Strategy. I haven't used that lately. It <laughs> hasn't been working out very well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, overhyped. Uh, but uh, the poker thing, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, some guy in Discord range was like, hey, do you remember me? We played poker 12 years ago or whatever. I'm like, absolutely, I fucking remember. You were miserable to me. It, and he probably took six binds off me in my career, but I will never forget this guy. Oh, God. I still <laughs> remember names. I still yeah, remember. I, I'll never forget these guys. In DFS, though, you're right. Yeah. It's not as personal. Where's Barry Greenstein's nephew? On Poker Stars, fucking hated that guy. Like, oh, Greenstein, you're fucking good. Fuck you. He, <laughs> he would see like, that 99% of the time because fucking Barry Greenstein told him to. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, uh, it's like, hey, fuckhead, that can't be right, you fucking asshole. Fucking raise him every single time. <laughs> so I didn't think that personal, but uh, pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> you didn't? Oh my god! No, I played twenty-four tables at, to be at the same time though. So I was. Oh, I, was I got, I got lot, twenty-four tables. Over. I'm still. I, I don't care. Twenty-four tables or but not, I, I recognize was, those names. I was sports betting on the side too, though, so I really wasn't paying much attention. I was. I was the projections guy in back in the poker day, basically. Just throw them in. Hopefully, I get, I get lucky. Yeah, I mean, Brian, you've always referenced how burned out you were on poker, but I didn't realize the scars went quite so deep. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 I haven't seen you that fired up about anything in a long time. I haven't played a goddamn hand since 2000, whatever, 11 or 12. It's, isn't it amazing? Yeah. And I, I, I can't, I mean, I know Blender's doing content and, and, and you know, uh, Sammy does content and stuff. It's just so hard. I, I, I'm gradually like losing uh, the hatred or whatever the fuck it was that, that built up from poker to where I can, all right, maybe, but like, you know, my, actually, no, I, 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 I misremembered. I, my buddies came over like a few months ago and they were dying to play cards and I'm like, fine, fuck, fine, <laughs> fucking play cards. But, See, you can't, but you're not able to separate that too. Cause I'm, I don't want to go sit at a poker table by myself and grind, but I'll go play with my buddies and have a great time. Kind of, but like when you're the pro, yeah, it's a thing then. <laughs> it's a thing now. You can't, but it's the same way you say you're you're a you're a sports speculator DFS pro, and you can go place a bet on the Bears money line with your buddies and have a good time. You can't shift into that same mode for a poker game. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. But I noticed significant raise increases once I became like everyone know knew me as a poker player. All the raises kept coming now all of a sudden and shit like that. And like, you know, you have to win every single time. You're a professional. Like, Your complaint is you're getting too much action from the fishes? I mean, what, what is this, Brian? <laughs> I don't want him to raise me. I just want him to call me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I agree with Brian. I don't like playing poker with my friends either because there's a lot of pressure because they think that because I played 10 years ago, I'm the superstar. Right. Here I am. I just want to play every hand, fuck around, and I'll lose a little bit of money. It's fine. But every time right. I lose a hand, I hear like, oh, the professional, blah, blah. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Right, I was I was good in two thousand nine, pay yeah. champ. Like, like yeah. you could have been too if you weren't fucking oh. stupid. And, and we could all knit it up and destroy anybody we want, but like, I want to play some cards. I'm not here to fold every hand in a live poker game. Like, come on. That's right, uh, Eric. Bring up a really good point. If you're in prison, you play cards all the time. That's <laughs> that's a good point. Thank you. If it comes to that. Maybe I'll go back to cards. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I, I've been having the thought too, because uh, now that we have the newborn, I haven't been going to the gym a lot. And so like by like workouts, I just call them in my head, like prison workouts where I'm just doing like pull-ups and push-ups and stuff like that. And now, now that Eric mentions the poker thing, I'm just like, you know, maybe prison isn't so bad. You just get jacked on <laughs> yeah. your own body weight, play cards. I mean, how bad can it be? Mm. I'll pass. Brian well, take over construction based on what he said earlier. I think he- Yeah, let's do, let's just work some construction again, all right? That's just straight bull for construction. That was brutal. Yeah, uh, that's what we need. Uh, I'll, I'll shoot a vlog one week in prison. I, work- I want to see Brian shoot a construction vlog. I'm not a handy guy, but I did work construction for a little while. My buddy's dad owned a construction company, um, and, he, and he was in a, straight off the boat from Ireland. So I could barely understand him, but I understood he called me a pussy fucking constantly. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what, are, Steve, what, what did you, did you have any interesting odd jobs growing up? Any jobs you don't want to revisit and, and make sure the DFS and sports betting stays, uh, stays good to you? Uh, let's see. I don't, I don't know that I had anything too, too interesting. I mean, I, d- I definitely do just don't want to go back into, uh, finance stuff full time, I guess. So, I mean, that's yeah. not very exciting, but doing it part time with, uh, stochastic is good. Yeah, Steve, I don't want to do Steve. it all the time. Steve had a real job before all this uh, DFS business, which is pretty rare, I want to say. Um, most of the pros are ex-gamblers of one sort or another. Steve worked for like a Fortune 500 company and, and uh, had an honest goodness job. Finance is a lot like gambling. A lot of people don't want to th- think of it that way, but really it is. I mean, especially like the st- stock market, it's basically gambling that just people want to pretend like it's not. Yeah, what? Talk, talk about uh, a rigged script. The stock market. <laughs> exactly. Steve, what what percentage of your like day to day with stochastic is the CFO responsibilities versus like DFS stuff, projections, minutes, back end stuff? Yeah, over, over the full course of the year, it's probably somewhere around 50-50 maybe. Oh, maybe, okay. slight, maybe slightly more towards the finance, but recently it's been probably even more so towards the finances. We've been just like over the last. I don't know, six months or so, we've been working on a lot of different things uh, related to finance type things. So it's been leaning a little bit more that way uh, recently. So, yeah. Would you, what, what would be your ideal split? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I think it's fine where it is. I, I mean, I, ideally, yeah, ideally, I think it's fine. All right. Good, right good company answer there. Yeah. <laughs> Polyballer. That was a screen name. That was Barry Greenstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Just came to me. You're, you're sick. What, have you guys noticed anything uh, first half NBA different different than is that you know? It, I feel like the sports evolve, uh, like the DFS side. Anyway, it's not real life. I could care less about real life. I know Petty. It's important to him, but like uh, the DFS wise, I think like the games get get harder. The Data that comes from companies like Stochastic gets better. The floor gets raised, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I, I was just talking to my guy, my coder guy, and I was saying, like, like I feel like pre-lock DFS is pretty, pretty brutal right now. Like, the edge is small for – unless like, from my perspective anyways. I think there is an edge still, but uh, – Pre-lock is pretty sharp, I think. Um, like you know, I, I, I can like expand on that further, but that doesn't make any sense. But go ahead. Sorry, Steve. 
Uh, you, you mean like um, if people are playing the right plays pre-lock or? Yeah, like I think if they got rid of late swap, I think there'd be an edge still, but like a lot more money sharing amongst the. I think, I think if they got rid of late swap, actually, there might be a, a better edge because I don't know that people would take the right risks on. Um, I'd have to revamp my whole strategy, of course, and we yeah. all would. But yeah, I don't know that the common person would say, hey, there is a. Um, 25% chance Jamal Murray. Jamal, yeah, Jamal Murray and Bruce Brown is going to be a good play, right? Or Brandon yeah. Clark might start. Or Not Bruce Brown. Like He's a shit. <laughs> I, I, I don't think people would think about that so much. And I think that the edge is actually lar larger. Uh, FanDuel did that a couple years ago that way, I believe, where you, you just couldn't make swaps. Or maybe it was DraftKings, one, one of them. Um, I feel like just I feel like their edge would be pretty good there still. You'd, you'd have a lot more swings because you'd have to take those chances, but I, I don't think people would. Pet, but like, Petty, you were just saying like the opposite. You're saying you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you say you have a little bit of an edge with late swap, but it doesn't comprise your biggest edge and you'd get rid of it if you could. So for me, like my main concern is beating high stakes guys and high stakes guys are late swapping all the time anyway. So Table stakes. I, I, I'm the opposite way. I, I think my edge pre-lock is huge because I think I see things that most people don't see. Um, and it, it differentiates me in ways that I'm able to beat, you know, high stakes decently. Whereas I think a lot of high stakes players are very similar. You know, a lot of guys who've been around for a long time, they're very good for low stakes players who make a lot of mistakes against the high stakes players. When everybody plays kind of similar, like a lot of these guys do, uh, it creates issues for them up, up top. Hmm. Um, so I think I have a pretty decent pre-lock edge where I would be okay still uh, if, with no late swap, I think it would hurt me a little bit, but the just not having to be around like Peter, I think would make it definitely worth it for me. Let me let me let me rephrase that. Like for my process, I think I've kind of like maxed out what I could do pre lock without going to like a petty theft level oh. of detail and studying all the rotations, making my my own minutes projections and shit like that. I feel like I've kind of maxed out the ideas I could come up with for getting an edge on these guys. I, I totally agree with the difference between the, the high stakes and the large field. It's actually kind of like the opposite, in my opinion, of what people think, where like in large field, like they don't play chalk enough a lot of times in NBA. And in small field, they play it too much maybe. And like you could think here's a easy – you could use this in your regular small fields too, like, like just making up – making up a situation. Let's say LeBron is only owned for 1% in your small field. Like that's a really good low play because LeBron could go off and be the highest scoring guy where in the large field, it's not nearly as much edge because you're going against 30,000 other people as opposed to like 300, where if LeBron goes off that 300 line, that might actually, might actually do it. So, um, uh, but anyways, um, yeah, I feel like I feel like the, the 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 game's gotten pretty. It's been tough for a while, but um, I still think there's an edge. So like I, I'm I'm like I think it's gone up like just like slightly from last year, but it's still basically beatable. And I I haven't really noticed anything new really this year. I think that's worth worth like noting. There is, I think, something a little different. I think the injury reporting in NBA is a little more strict now than it's been in the past. So I don't think there's been nearly as many like random guys like, oh, 
Um, I don't know. D'Angelo Russell's randomly out when he wasn't on the injury report at all. I haven't seen that very much. It's it's been pretty rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It usually comes out fairly early. I still wish their lineups would come out earlier. I mean, if their lineups, if they had their lineups like two hour minimum, uh, then late swap doesn't matter as much because everyone basically has the information in hand. Yeah, um, like yes. MLB, right? In returns to injury news, like obviously you could do other stuff with late swap, but. Yeah, I mean, they can still change their lineup. It happens all the time. I mean, not all the time, but it happens enough. And then they have a rule where you're supposed to have your lineup out 30 minutes in advance, I'm pretty sure, and most teams just don't give a shit. Right. So Yeah, I know. I, I'm saying, And they abide by that rule. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah, I, they, I mean, I... pretty good. I actually, I, I read that that is only supposed to be their best guess of 30 minutes out because someone changed their... You know they they change them. Detroit does that a couple times here recently. It's not like they have to stand by that lineup that they put out originally, which is kind of interesting. But the majority of the time they do, obviously. But yeah, which would be fine too. Like if you change, if you put out your lineup two three hours early and you change it once a month, like I doubt anyone would really care that much. But but no. They're probably sleeping or some shit. Like, <laughs> oh, what? Oh, yeah. Uh, LeBron, he's starting. Why is he listed questionable every night? Um, no, before, or go, ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say that, that's one of the issues with the, the injury news now is like you see Gobert, LeBron, questionable on every single report now. And you got to figure there's more, more to it than them just being questionable every night. They're just doing that to, 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 to abide by the NBA's rules. Yeah. It's, it sucks. It sucks. It's like the, the the catch rules in the NFL. Like, what the fuck's a catch? Yeah. <laughs> no one fucking knows. What's a catch? And then, what's questionable? Yeah, what's questionable? Is he gonna yes. play? Is he not? Is, is it a catch? The uh, before we run out of time here, uh, Steve. I know you said you were gonna give away uh, a sub. Let people know what it is, and then I'll get a, a giveaway screen going up here on screen. Yeah. So we'll do. Um a one month of our and of our nba bet pro which we could start uh basically after the all-star break so that you can enjoy that and don't uh, it'll uh i guess baseball won't start by then but it'll it'll at least cover uh nba and then you get uh, access to you know all of the stuff that i was talking about where we can you can go in and you can see our projections how we're grading out each of the prop bets for the day and yeah, I think it'd be a really cool thing for, for you to check out. Patty, do you play baseball at uh, DFS? I uh, used to. I was really good at breaking even or losing every year, so I gave it up. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I got a lot of time coming up. Okay, maybe you should get back into baseball. I mean, especially if you're losing breaking even player. Well, the worst <laughs> thing happened to me a couple of years ago. I binked the first day of baseball, and I thought I was, I thought I made it. I gave it all right back. Uh it's I, it's my favorite, I think, DFS sport, baseball. I like this NFL season for me. <laughs> this you, NFL you, season is going to be awesome, and then it's like every week after that. Eh, nope, nope, nope. Steve's – yeah, Pete Pete was offended by <laughs> our talk about baseball, I think. the uh, did, did you win at uh, NFL this year, uh, Steve? Did you have a good year? I can't – I think – I can't I think remember. It was, it was maybe slightly up. I don't – I should go back to Road Tracker and look at the final results, but – it was almost all because of week one and then pretty much yeah. losing after that. Uh, so showdowns did better than main slate, I would say as well. Um, I think, uh, I think I had like very similar 
progress uh, season with NFL. I had um, it's those damn like thirds and shit. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and it's damn- like. So I, I won a couple of them, and then I was in, also included, like like you said, it was, I think it was third in the Millie Maker, and I was just kind of like, well, there was my one shot for the year. <laughs> and not going to yeah. happen after that. So. Yeah. How many, Pat, how many times have you won the uh, big one on NBA this year, like the, the, like the $15, you know, 30,000 entries? How many times have you won that this year? Do you know? Like Is that DraftKings or FanDuel? DraftKings. Once maybe, okay. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I've won once too. How about how about you, Steve? You you got you you won in the beginning of the season a couple times at least. Yeah, maybe maybe three or so, but it's mostly been more like the higher stake ones that I've done better at. I think yeah. This year. Uh, obviously, those are easier to win just from a number of people that are in them. So. Um. You got in. You gotta win. You gotta win like one a month, kind of. For for just those, not not talking high stakes. Yeah, like one it's a month. The, the, well, you don't have to win the, the lower stake one, the huge one every month. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe maybe one every two months. Yeah, to have a good season. Yeah, yeah, to have a really good one. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess sorry. I support it mostly by the high stakes more than anything, but um, the. It feels like all of the times I've won the bigger ones are the days that's like 50k to first. <laughs> uh, sorry, is- my uh, internet cut out there real quick. Before you go, I'm just letting people know. Uh, for anyone watching, we're gonna do the giveaway here. You just need to put hashtag prison DFS in the <laughs> chat, and uh, in a couple minutes we'll we'll draw. So just do that hashtag, and it will log your. Oh, Travis, is, Travis is trying to win the uh, the promo. I'm trying to be wow. a professional sports better. <laughs> good good get them out of the nba streets let them bet some sports uh sorry keep going steve uh yeah no i think i was done okay by the way my answer is right i only went one time this year the 15. okay okay in october yeah. long ago and the and the, and the nba season's what like five months six months uh mid-october to mid-april four six Maybe six seven months yeah, so if you win three in a year, yeah, you want to win like three in a year at least, right? To have like a nice, nice season. Probably less than that. I think two would be fine. It depends if fifty or hundred. Yeah. If it's hundred, you don't you don't need three. That uh, just like, but it's tough to keep your expectations, you know. Yeah. Because if you don't win for two three months, you probably think you suck at DFS. Well, then, then you got to check a graph and see how many times you finished 0.1% and complain about it. Right. Yeah. And then go, look, look how great I am. It's just yeah. so unlucky. Yeah. And then someone will be like, no, you just didn't play the right guy to get from 10th to first. Like you can do that. Um, all right. So, so that's interesting. Like, I think you were talking about this one a couple episodes ago of the, the luck between uh, 10th and first, which I pretty much agree with that. That is the case. Um, however, I did look at some some data from that, and the 150 maxers, on average, if they finish in the top 10, they do win about 20% more often than a, a random person that finishes in the top 10. So, mm-hmm. so their lineups are just slightly better at the at the top. So there is like some skill to it still, whether 
you yourself can make yourself a little bit better. I, I think it's just like even so. I, I, part of what I think it is is like if you are not as good, maybe you kind of get lucky and get all the way up there, but you still made maybe a small small mistake. But there is a little bit of skill to that. I, I think in the I think in the grand scheme of things. Uh, that makes ton makes a lot of sense to me. I think on the individual night where you took tenth, yeah. it's just random. Yes. Right. The it, but like your example, if you think in PGA terms, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Where, like when you get into days three and four, the the golfers have different chances to win the tournament. You know, we know the odds because Vegas puts the odds up. So like the lineups you're putting together could be would be better than the other guys in the top ten. They have a better shot to win. Doesn't mean, and and then over time, your lineup that has a better you know shot to win will will win more, based on unless you know Vegas is wrong, which you know they're pretty much not. So that does that makes sense uh, over on as a whole. But yeah, I think in a, on a given night, yeah. it's a bit of a stretch, yeah. where you're like, I knew Chris Paul was going to make that three with two seconds left in the last game for me to get on the top. That's why I played him <laughs> in this lineup. Yep. Yeah, you donkeys. All right. We're going to draw for the winner of the monthly sub. I believe that's a hundred dollar value. Is that right? Yeah. Steve. No. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> run pure runs pure. I'm brand. Just run pure. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be some Intel co-intel co pro here to get into Snowcastics betting app and steal it. Uh, we're we're gonna draw one more, Steve. If that's all right here, we can do one. We can do mine even too if we need. I want to make sure we're getting a man of the people from the chat as well here. Jake, <laughs> we can figure this. <laughs> there we go, Jake. You Switch are another. Okay. Uh, awesome. awesome. Uh, yeah, you could well, just uh, DM DM me on Twitter uh, at Steve Buzzard, and I'll get you uh, set up. Sweet. Um, any other uh, final thoughts here, Brian? Before we close this out. Uh, no, not really. Uh, NBA break, little MMA action, maybe for is it a good card on Saturday? Uh, it's 100k to first, I think, which is all, all, right. all I really care about. <laughs> all right, <laughs> doesn't matter who's, who's fighting as long as it's 100k to first. <laughs> yeah, well, I was listening to Blender talk about he had gotten into MMA so much. He was saying this past weekend when he was or when he was in the Super Bowl, uh, or in Nashville for the Super Bowl that he wanted to go watch the card without even having any lineups on it. That's how deep into the sport he is he's gotten now. So I didn't know if you were on that level now, Brian. No, I didn't watch this past weekend, although I did want to see those fights. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, a little late. A little late. Yeah. Um, Petty, anything else uh, on your end other than just trying to win enough money to get a, a stochastic uh, betting sub here now that you yeah. didn't win one? I mean, I thought I had a pretty good chance of winning that one. I think Alex wanted to win one more, but that's just me. <laughs> no, I got nothing more. It would have been uh, our, our one shot at getting rid of uh, Petty Theft in the DFS streets right there. Yeah, there you, you never know. Uh, Steve, any final words? I mean, we didn't really get, you know, the kind of the bang, bang shots fired. You want to say someone's shitty at DFS, they're colluding. I mean, now is the time to get it off your chest. <laughs> uh, I don't think I have seen anyone colluding. So no, I don't, I don't have anything for that. Um, appreciate you having us on talking about, uh, look forward to talking some more sports betting and DFS in the future. 
for sure. Yeah, appreciate you guys hopping on. Appreciate you guys in the chat. Very fun time uh, pondering hypotheticals with uh, Prison DFS. And uh, a little peek behind the curtain, too. Brian went on a guest booking really just, uh, I don't know, what a streak. You you were on fire yesterday. You are letting me know some guests that you have booked for the coming months. So we'll be sure to uh, tease that out as we get closer. But lots of guests coming up on Lulz. You can come hang out with us in the Deposit Kingdom Discord. we got the Lulz channel. we got Brian's Discord. Um, and over on Brian's site, brick75.com, you've been doing PGA projections, MMA projections. Anything else over there, Brian? Uh, no, PGA ownership, MMA ownership and projections. And I think that's all I do now. Perfect. Um, all right. Check all of that out. We will see you guys back here next week. Actually, can we tease this now? Do we have our guest book for next week, Brian? Yeah. Next week's Pat Mayo. Pat Mayo. Nice. Another guy who he's been on these airwaves before, but not Lulz specifically. So that will be fun to chop it up with Pat Mayo. Uh, have a great weekend, guys. And we will uh, see you next Wednesday. Peace.